You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Hey, it's been a little bit of time since uh, we got together to talk. What, what have you been doing? Uh, <laughs> not much. Uh, pretty much just uh, the same old, same old. Just just working, working and going to school? Working, working school, yeah. What about you? Anything exciting? Oh, nothing. Nothing exciting ever. Ever happens to me, ever. <laughs> oh, Red. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been working as well. As well. Um you know, checking out movies. Oh, I, I'm up to what day seventy nine on my uh, thirty three sixty five movie challenge. It's it's getting hard, dude. Like just to carve out two hours out of a day to watch a movie, which you know you think it wouldn't be that difficult because you you I don't know. I I, I always I already felt like I watched a lot of movies as is, but maybe I guess that would have been like maybe I watched two movies in a, on a weekend or something or. Uh, four movies in a on a on a uh, Friday through Sunday kind of thing, but like to get two hours every day to at least watch one movie, it's hard to find that time sometimes. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, it it absolutely can be really difficult, and I think you know not only is it difficult to find the time, but I mean like finding something that you're you know maybe interested in actually watching also sounds like it would be kind of difficult especially after just watching like basically almost 80 movies straight yeah yeah no you're i mean you're right just having to find things that i am somewhat interested in uh at least enough to for it to strike my interest to to actually watch it um because i mean obviously there's tons of movies out there in the world things that i haven't seen before but i have to it has to be something that at least at one point was like oh yeah i kind of interested in that which, I mean, I guess it's kind of what the experiment is or, you know, the challenge is to, to at least watch more things that you wouldn't normally watch. Um, like today, I watched a uh, Flat Earther documentary. Well, no, okay. It's not a documentary about Flat Earth. It's a documentary about people who believe in Flat Earth. Now, are you aware of this conspiracy? Uh, <clears throat> am I aware of the fact that there are people that still believe the world is flat? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And which is also a funny thing because they, they dive into that of whether it's people who still believe that earth is flat or people who have newly believed that the earth is flat kind of thing. And, and the idea that, uh, you know, the only reason why you believe that the earth is, is round is because, or why we believe the earth is round is because we've been taught that for so long, that, the that the, all the world's governments are in conspiracy together to keep this lie perpetuated so that it keeps the people you know in line i guess but, but how, okay see that that uh, how does that 
who benefits from the world being spherical or it being flat like paper? Who really benefits? I, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. No one. Plus, no one. We can't even get uh, the world governments to agree on uh, a one form of currency, let alone get them all to agree to be like, yeah, the earth is round kind of thing. Well, exactly, yeah, out of all the conspiracies to keep people in line that you could believe in, or, or all the things that maybe a world-dominating organization could get behind, I don't think the world being round has would be it. I don't think that's the one that they would look at the list and go, hmm, dinosaurs for time travel? Oh, no, this, this Earth being round thing seems like a great scheme. Let's get them with that one. And, you know, it's... One of the points that uh, one of the more intellectual people that are, you know, not exposing the flat earthers, but more just being like uh, refuting the quote unquote evidence that the flat earthers have when they're doing a talking head like interview thing. It's like it, it seems like it's funny. Like you can be like, oh, ha ha ha. These people believe that the earth is flat. You can dismiss it. But then. You have to extrapolate that, like they point this out, you have to extrapolate that, that like these are the same people that believe that vaccinations are bad and that uh, climate change is not real. And, you know, like it, it's a slippery slope. You can't let these people just sit there and believe that the earth is flat. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, they also say you shouldn't ridicule them or mock them or anything like that. Just you have to be like, look, we need to go over what scientific evidence there is of, of the earth being round. Other than the fact that it's round and people travel around the earth, but it's just a thing. So it, it's it's a really interesting. I didn't even say the title of the documentary. It's on it's on Netflix. It's um behind the curve, uh, and obviously the curvature of the earth is a huge part of the, the documentary because flat earthers don't believe there is a curvature of the earth. Let alone they they try to prove at least three times in the documentary that there is no curvature of the earth, and they fail each time. They still don't believe that the the Earth is round. I I don't I don't know. I, I I think the the biggest thing behind that is like sure yeah it's great that you want to try to you know give these people facts. But the one thing we know through you know kind of human psychology is that people don't really care about facts. They're gonna just blindly believe in whatever they want, regardless of how factual information is, because the the for lack of a better term, imagine how, you know, much you'd be shattering their earth uh, <laughs> or their world if if you prove something to them, you know, like, and that's that's kind of just a problem with with people in general is that once a person has really believed in something for a period of time or once they've made their mind up on something, there's really very, very low statistical odds that you are going to do anything, regardless of how factual, uh, you know, the data you have is to change someone's mind. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that, I, I, funny enough, I had to come to the realization maybe in the last couple of years that the big difference between fact and truth, you know, fact is objective. Fact is, is a constant through everybody. Like, uh, it's a fact that you need to breathe air to stay alive. Um, but the, a, a truth is subjective. You know, my truth is different than your truth. Even though I still believe it to be true, it might not be true kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. 
So that's it's that's the big thing there. And um, I mean, it's 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 a very interesting documentary. Uh, I I think if you haven't watched it, you should definitely watch it. And uh, and and I, I I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for this challenge. So there's that. You have seen the the Jimmy and Andy though documentary, right? I think I remember you telling me about it. The Jimmy and Andy. The one, one Jim, no. Jim Carrey. I, I, no, I uh, that was Matt who watched it. Uh, I thought you said I, you I watched wanted it too. to watch okay. it. He he like told me about it, and I think that's why we were having the conversation about it because I think I don't know. Did you watch it? I feel like we had a conversation about it too. But no, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, it's it was like kind of like the next one up on the suggestion, and I I think I'm one I'm gonna get around to it. I just haven't yet. Was it uh, like? Was there a reason you were asking about that? Or? Oh no, I just wondered if you if you had watched it. If what was your opinion on it? Oh no, I haven't seen it yet, but I know uh, I know our buddy Matt uh, liked it quite a bit. He I think he did tell me that uh, people that are going to watch it should watch uh, Man on the Moon first. I mean, I've uh, seen Man on the Moon a couple of times, but I I haven't seen it recently. Right? Yeah. Same. I haven't. I don't. I haven't seen it. Uh, recently either but yeah i need to uh, i need to check it out okay well uh, do you have any suggestions for me uh coming up in the next couple of weeks because uh starting in april i need to look up the exact date i am going to do uh yeah april 4th i'm going to start iron man one so that should take me up to the exact day you know if i watch a marvel movie every day or mcu movie every day uh, it should take me up to Captain Marvel right before um, Endgame, and then Endgame the next day. So, do you hmm. have any suggestions for movies that are not MCU movies before that date? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to think about it and see what I can come up with. Something that uh, maybe that I hadn't watched, I haven't watched, or maybe haven't watched in a very long time. That which is also difficult because I tend to rewatch movies that I like often. Like if I find downtime, I'll be like, "Oh, I'll just throw this movie on again." No, I do. I do the exact same thing. There's like a handful of movies that I I always just kind of go back to and watch over and over again. And and then there's some movies you know that like whenever you're kind of like not feeling well or sick or whatever that you like, you're just your feel good movies that you throw on. So, I mean, I, I do find that, uh, I rewatch a good portion of a small collective of films kind of over and over again as well. Uh, so you, you haven't watched anything in recent that, uh, you know, I might find interesting. You think I might find interesting? Oh gosh. Um, sadly, not really. <laughs> I, I have not, I really haven't watched very much. Um, I watched a stand-up not long ago. Uh, I, I believe his name was Joe Coy. I don't know if you've seen that guy or I, not, but his his stand-up's pretty freaking hilarious if you haven't seen I him. I know of Joe, Joe Coy. I, I don't think I've ever actually watched any of his stand-up. I've seen him in a couple things, but I don't think I've ever watched his stand-up. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was uh, I was cracking up at that, but uh, that, yeah, I don't. Uh, I really have not watched a lot of uh, of stuff lately. Unfortunately, I want to watch Triple Frontier. That just uh, recently dropped onto Netflix, and uh, that looks really good. But I, I have not had a chance to watch it. Yet. Oh, I did, I did watch it. Um, yeah, I would love to get your hear your opinion on it if once you do get around to watching it, if you get around to watching it. Um, that means you didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like it because I did, <laughs> I did like it for the most part. But I really okay. feel like 
once again, like there's been a rash of movies that I've been watching in the last week or so where it seems like the ending just really falls apart. Like the third act for a lot of these movies just like didn't know what to do. All right. So that, no, that's fair. Yeah. So I w- yeah I would definitely like to get your opinion because you think about the 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 people that are in this movie in that movie at least three of them are are acting powerhouses. Uh, I don't know if you say Ben Affleck is an acting powerhouse, but he's definitely a star. I mean, he's a known name. Like he, he's a yeah, he's a very known. I mean, he's a household name. Like he's an A lister for sure. Right. So you get Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, and Oscar Isaac. You know, they're the, the you know three of the five main characters of this movie, and then you have Garrett Hed- Garrett Hudlin Hedlund and Charlie Hunnam uh, as the other two. Which, I mean, if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, you know Charlie Hunnam, and if you're a fan of Tron Legacy, I guess <laughs> that's where Garrett Hudlin comes from. Uh, it's there that's a thing that those those two guys are there uh i just think it was it was it was a very interesting role for the other three and i'll leave it at that until you watch uh, it yeah okay i'm, I'm curious now. Definitely have to watch now. <laughs> um but speaking of movies that you t- i tend to go back to and rewatch, and this is going to be a very roundabout way uh, <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs is one of my favorite movies of all times, as, lo- as well along with uh, True Romance, and both those movies have Quentin Tarantino. Now, to the on Wednesday, uh, Tarantino dropped the trailer, the first trailer for his ninth film, as it's being called, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, it came out, or this, this, it's it's a movie set in the sixties. Uh, against and what I understand is supposed to be the backdrop of the Manson family murders in Hollywood. You have Brad Pitt playing the stuntman for Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, and then I want to say Margot Robbie is playing Sharon Tate, who is obviously important to the Manson family murders. Mm-hmm. And I think. If I remember correctly, he's not in the trailer. Tom Cruise is supposed to have a role in this movie somewhere too. I don't. Yeah, maybe he's going to be like Les Grossman in uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder or something. He's going to have just like a weird part that nobody's expecting or something. That's that's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. Um, what did you think of this trailer? Like, it's it's it starts off with like this like uh, a news reporter interviewing Brad Pitt's character and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character on set. I don't, I don't know, man. There's really not a lot in this trailer to to go off of, which um, kind of of itself is refreshing because you know, I think that's a conversation we usually have. Is you know how I mean, oh my gosh, like when we get to uh, well, we're talking about Captain Marvel today, but when I went to watch it, they were showing a trailer for the new Hellboy movie, and like literally, it was the entire movie, and I was like, <laughs> this is bullshit. Like I, I don't even need to go watch this movie now. Like you just showed me everything. Yeah. So I I will say that I I do appreciate the fact that um, this trailer doesn't really, I guess, give you a whole lot to go off of, or or, or what exactly is is the exact story that they're trying to tell with this movie, but but it it does look fascinating. And oddly, I don't know, we were kind of having this conversation before we started recording a little bit. Um, and I don't know, to me, it, it doesn't currently at least feel like a, a very Quentin Tarantino-esque trailer, um, 
which you seem to think that it it actually was like a a restore back to the the older Tarantino, which maybe that's my problem. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it, it just did not feel okay. And then I, w- like I would I would expect. You know? Well, I was just gonna say I think that I misheard you then because when you said it doesn't feel very Tarantino esque, I assumed you're talking about the movie. If you're talking about just the trailer, yes, the trailer is definitely different than oh. anything he's in. I feel like the movie yes. itself that's behind this trailer feels very Tarantino-esque, like of of old. Uh, it's a little bit of Reservoir Dogs, it's a little bit of um, uh, Pulp Fiction in there for me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like I, that is what I was trying to say. I'm gonna have to watch the movie to see if if I agree with you on that. But um, yeah, from the trailer alone, it definitely does not feel like a tarantino movie like it doesn't seem like the trailer you would get from a tarantino movie in my Mm -hmm. opinion um the movie does come out in july of this year and i believe they just finished shooting not too long ago so uh this is just the first trailer i i we're definitely going to get at least two more before the movie comes out maybe you'll see some changes i know if if we want to talk about the controversy of this movie or at least this trailer so far a lot of people not a lot of people somebody on the internet so obviously they got a megaphone because other people are talking about it but some somebody on the internet is talking about how they're upset about the portrayal of bruce lee in the in the film or at least in the trailer okay Uh, you see the part where bruce lee is explaining to the people on set that his hands are uh, registered reg- weapons. Yeah, registered weapons. So that if he kills a person while fighting, it's uh, he'll go to jail. And then the Brad Pitt character is like, if anybody kills a person while fighting, they go to jail. It's considered manslaughter. Well, I think that the point that you know the Bruce Lee character is trying to make is that you know I can't accidentally kill anybody since it's technically a weapon. It's it's meant to kill. It's it's on purpose. I'll go to mur- I'll go to jail for murder, whereas another person who accidentally kills somebody will go to jail for manslaughter. Like it's two different things. And then you and then they show a scene where the Brad Pitt character is fighting the Bruce Lee character, and uh, it appears to be that he's winning. And I think that's the part that's upsetting people that the Brad Pitt as a white man is beating a Asian man in martial arts. And I think what you're missing there is that this is a movie set and that Bruce Lee often taught other actors how to do martial arts, either on set or off set. So you could have a little spar session there. there they could be acting out a scene. You don't know what's going on there. It's, it's, it's a part of a trailer and people are just jumping to conclusions. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Bruce Lee, I mean, one of his most like notable students was Steve McQueen. Exactly. Uh, I mean, he he worked very heavily with uh, other actors and and other people in general. Like he was a big advocate for, you know, teaching and instructing and, you know, people learning Jeet Kune Do and all that sort of stuff. And and you're absolutely right to me like that totally looks like a fight sequence that is taking place with inside of a movie, which would also make sense because, brad pitt's character is playing a stunt person in the movie so i i mean yeah i don't know that's just stupid if people are getting upset about that then i I don't know there's a documentary on flat earthers that you can watch (laughs) the moral messages for you i don't know that's that's just ridiculous like what what, i don't know that's stupid (laughs) um we saw the actor in there that's portraying um charles manson 
you, you see him briefly. He just shows up and then and it's Damon Harriman. Uh, but here are some of the other cast members that are, that are in this. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. Luke Perry's in the movie. So his last Ooh. movie before, you know, uh, passing on, unfortunately, uh, Margot Robbie, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Timothy Oliphant, Dakota Fanning, Al Pacino, Tim Roth, Emil Hirsch, Damian Lewis, Kurt Russell, uh, James Marsden. Man, this, this is a full, full cast of people. Uh, Rumor Willis, Scoot McNary, James Remar, Michael Madsen, of course, Zoe Bell, of course, Lena <laughs> Dunham, uh, Bruce Dern, Clue Gallagher, Clifton Collins Jr. These are just the names of people that I recognize Harley Quinn Smith, so Kevin Smith's daughter. Mm-hmm. M- Mikey Madsen. I wonder if that's like uh, Michael Madsen's kid. It's got to be. Maya Hawk. Maybe that's Ethan Hawk's kid. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and then, what did you think of that part? And I don't know who the who the little girl is, but the the part at the end of the trailer where uh, the little girl talking to Leonardo DiCaprio's character is like, "That is the best acting I have ever seen in my life." <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to be like, "You're six, you know, you haven't had much of a life yet." Well, but I mean, the way they cut it in the trailer, it sure makes it look like it has an impact on him. It looks like he just starts like bawling up and crying of like sheer joy that somebody's <laughs> finally like validating him, perhaps, you know? Did you catch what he says right there, too? To me, it sounded like he says, um, best note ever, as in like that was a, a note that the little kid was giving to him. Giving him? Yeah. It did sound like that. I don't know if that's exactly what's happening, but it absolutely did sound like that. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, so do you think you just need another trailer to either get you excited or not excited about this movie? Well, I mean, I'm definitely excited for it. I mean, I I will watch anything that Quentin Tarantino does. I think he's proved himself uh, time and time again as a very interesting filmmaker. He he likes to uh, he likes to have a very similar style. Uh, like there, there's very much something about all of his movies that are Tarantino ish. But I also feel like he does such a great job in just pushing himself to explore these different genres and themes. And uh, there's just a very wide variety within his his film career. And I mean, this is only his ninth film. Um, and, you know, each one feels very much like his movie, but also at the same time, a vi- like a very different type of movie for him to have, have explored and, and made so I, I, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for it. It's just something in the the trailer. It just feels very unusual to me. But that's not that's not a bad thing per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm definitely curious to see the movie when it comes out. And uh, no doubt, I'm sure the writing is going to just be uh, amazing. As you know, it's kind of one of his biggest things. Do you, but yeah, I don't know. Are you stoked for it or what? I, I am. I am. I was stoked before this trailer came out. Um, I don't know if my feelings for the movie changed at all after or not mm-hmm. um but i was pretty stoked before just because i like like the idea of 60s hollywood i guess 60s mm-hmm. 70s hollywood um just like the the good guys is that what that one was called the nice guys 
the nice guys? The, the one with uh, uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Oh, yeah, I think that was the nice guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like that movie a lot. Um, what's uh? Do you th- so it's it you know with the title being like the ninth or the trailer saying the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino? Do you think Tarantino is going to be sticking to that ten movie? Uh, claim that he made a couple I, years ago? I mean, I, that's a tough question. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it depends on... Uh, well, you know, I don't know, because he's also supposed to be working on uh, another part of the Kill Bill saga. Right, we're supposed so to get Kill, is, Kill is Bill Volume 3. Count, yeah, is he going to ca- count Kill Bill as just, like, one movie? Or, I, I don't know. It's, I, I think as a creative... Uh, I don't know. I think as a creative, I don't think you're ever really done. I think you're always going to have something else. Now, there might be a huge gap where he doesn't make something, but uh, I I have a hard time believing that he's just going to be done. Now, granted, what he might be saying is, you know, after his 10 films, he's not going to do any more original screenplays. Like, maybe he's going to start doing some other stuff. I know he... Uh, I think was in talks or had been approached to direct one of the Star Trek movies. So maybe, you know, maybe his career is going to start transitioning more into doing, you know, less of his own work and more of like studio based films, or maybe he's got someone in mind that he just wants to work with and have them write and him, you know, direct. Like, I don't know exactly what that means. I think only, you know, Tarantino knows exactly what that means right now, but I feel like, for someone as a creative and, and especially someone like him, I don't think he's ever truthfully going to be done. I, I, I think the same. I, I, I feel like, like even after, uh, I don't know, was it turns on the destiny or destiny turns on the radio dial or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what was the uh, Jackie Brown? Like I felt like there was a, a dry spell there. But you know, eventually he comes back and and he makes other movies and and he makes the Kill Bill movies and you know gets right back up there and I think uh, that that would probably be another. I mean, even if if this one doesn't hit or if it does hit and he does take a dry or he does take a, a sabbatical or whatever, he he'll he'll be back. Yeah, I think so too. I again, it's to what capacity or in what way I don't obviously no but uh yeah i have a, i have a yeah i don't i don't think he's done mm. uh okay uh like you said earlier we're gonna be talking about captain marvel today uh it's been two weeks since the movie's been out uh we've both seen it so we're definitely gonna get into spoilers if you haven't watched captain marvel yet you should go and do that before listening to the rest of this podcast what did you i mean what did you think in general What's your overall for Captain Marvel? Uh, well, I'm gonna. Uh, I forget exactly who said this to me, uh, but I think it's probably the most accurate uh, way to say this. Uh, it is fantastically forgettable and mediocre. <laughs> wow. I mean, I wouldn't say forgettable, but. And I feel like mediocre is is a little harsh. It's it it definitely falls in the middle ground for the MCU movies for me. Uh, but I wouldn't. I I seem it feels like mediocre is just is really harsh. Um, does it? It does. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you this. The only the parts of the movie that I I really enjoyed 
were the Carol Danver parts. Like when you get into the other start stuff of the movie, like I really checked out. Um, when you get into uh, the the Tesseract parts of the movie, when you get into mm-hmm. the um, Nick Fury parts in the movie, the Shield parts of the movie, uh, that stuff. I it was like I, this is just too crammed in feeling to me. So I I didn't enjoy it that much, but like the the parts where you know you have Carol as ver- as verse or Vares, you know, uh, learning on Cree planet and then coming to Earth trying to figure out uh, who the scrolls are, what's going on, uh, then trying to figure out her past and putting it all together. Like that stuff really interested me. Her figuring out her powers, her overcoming the 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 Cree tech that's keeping her uh, powered down, like all that stuff I thought was great. But you get to the parts where like Nick Fury is messing around, with, messing around with the cat. I was like, this is dumb. Like the, you know, the stuff that's tying it into the rest of the, the, the Marvel verse, I guess, or the Marvel cinematic universe kind of just, I was like, all right, that's cool. I, I get it. Next thing, please. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, to me, I think it, it's really fascinating because uh, you know, it launched to I think like I think it's opening week and it was like over five hundred million worldwide, um, and yet there was I didn't see anybody talking about this movie. Like I, I whenever there's like movies that come out and like my social media feeds are just blowing up with people talking about movies. You know what I mean? Well- and I also think I didn't see. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying. I also think there's a there's a especially for Marvel movies now. Like people don't get on their social media feeds the first couple of weeks to talk about it all that much because because of the spoiler like kind of uh, um, yeah, mentality. But, like people are yes. as soon as you say something and someone who hasn't seen it yet, like because they couldn't get out that weekend, they jump all over you. So I think people tend not to say stuff, especially no, about that, Marvel that's, movies. That is true. However, it there's almost always like a bunch of posts of like people being like, "Oh, it kicked ass." You got. I'm not talking like spoilers specifically, but just posts in general. Where yeah. People are like, oh my god, it was so good. You got to go watch. You got to do this. I didn't see any of that for Captain Marvel. I literally, even when I looked it up, uh, it was it it only had like 400 tweets in the past hour, which just feels remarkably low. And I mean, I scrolled through that, and most of those tweets at that time weren't even about the movie like being good or bad or any of that stuff. It was just Captain Marvel makes 500 million at box office uh, worldwide. And I'm like, okay. And like, I scrolled through my timeline forever. And the only post that I could find was a promoted post by like Apple or something like that. And it was like the clip of Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson in the car, like singing or some (laughs) shit. And I was like, what in the hell is going on? And it, it weirdly uh, reminded me so much of Avatar. Like Avatar is a movie that made a ton of money and yet no one quotes it. No one talks <laughs> about it. Everyone's like, why are we getting five more of these movies? Like, and, and honestly, that's really what this film feels like to me. Like I don't see anybody talking about this movie. Um, occasionally now I'll see a tweet where it's like a, a podcast that I follow. It's like, oh, we're finally getting around to talking about Captain Marvel. And I'm like, okay. But like nobody else, no one else in my feed was like, it was great. Hashtag Captain Marvel. Or, you, you know, you got to go watch this. Like, like nothing, nothing at all. And well, I'm just like, okay, I totally understand why after watching it. It is just such a forgettable movie. I will like disag- I will kindly disagree with you because in my feed, I 
did see a lot of people talking about it. I saw people that that would say both ways of like, oh, this is a movie that you don't need to go see right away, or oh, this is a great movie, or even I even had people that were middle ground that were like, oh, I I get it, I get why you know it's an important movie, but there are parts that are just you no know, meh kind of thing. Like for once, I felt like there was a movie. This is a movie that really has like. Uh, representation of taste all the way through like there's there's people that think what? it's you didn't think so like i felt like there are people representation that, of what taste of taste like people like that that enjoyed it people that hated it and people that were in the middle like most of the oh, time oh oh okay i thought you're talking about the movie like specifically and i was like whoa i was like wait what no no no, I'm no, not- no okay so there's like a you're just saying there's like a broad spectrum like it's it's not just like a polarization yes like a it's not a polarization people yeah exactly it's not the last jedi okay. it's not <laughs> Not people well, yeah. either hated it or loved it, and nobody in the middle like this. Uh, and, and like you said, the the first weekend domestically, you got you got what uh, 150 million. Uh, the second weekend is 120 million. Um, we have a worldwide of 800 million now. So people are still seeing it the second week, which is a, a big deal. It means it didn't it didn't lose too much legs. Well, there's also, I mean, to be fair, there, there's also not much in the theaters for this thing to be competing against. Like, I mean, honestly, there's 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 not a lot that's out right now. Like the 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 you know box office in terms of good quality films has actually been really slow this year. I don't I don't feel like we've had a lot. And obviously, I think this is like the the start of the big events of the year, right? Oh yeah, is, yeah, you're absolutely right. But like, okay, so let me ask you this: the '90s should have a pretty strong nostalgia value for you and I, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Just in general, yeah. Not, no. not, 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 I'm not talking necessarily this movie. I'm just talking in general, right? Yeah. Okay, and yet, uh, Boyhood. Did you like Boyhood? I still have not seen it. Okay, so you're not gonna like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's like? Okay, is there any movie that centers super heavily around '90s nostalgia that you actually have enjoyed? Oh, uh, that that's around '90s nostalgia. So a movie that's made now that's set in the '90s or has a lot to do with the '90s. Uh, I don't think like so. A movie, I'm saying like a movie that specifically, it clearly is placating '90s as a nostalgia thing. As like, a, it, it's like a gimmick for the movie. Like there was there was one fairly recently that I think Jonah Hill just did that. Oh, I hated that like, movie. Oh. Mid '90s, yeah. That that movie. But you was, didn't like it, right? No, it was terrible. Okay, that is exactly what Captain Marvel is. It's another movie that is so heavily trying to push this 90 nostalgia factor, and it just completely falls flat on its face. They, they There is no reason that this movie should be this mediocre. I mean, you've got Brie Larson, who is a phenomenal actress, Samuel Jackson, uh, Annette Bening, who this is the worst role I think I've ever seen her in. It is wow. just absolutely <laughs> terrible. I'm Marvel. My name is Marvel. It's so, oh my gosh it's so the act i don't know if it's the it is the acting it is i guess and the and the writing is just so bad in this movie even the action sequences these these mega mega pieces that are supposed to be so incredible are completely lackluster there is not even a good fight sequence anywhere in this movie there's not even a good flying fight sequence anywhere in this movie not oh, one no no i will i am gonna fight you on the flight the flying sequences Where? There, there are plenty of good ones at the, no. at the end especially when she realizes all of her powers that stuff that looks amazing like i'll give that, you the no, fight. the no. fight scenes are not great and that's because i think you have uh two 
a, a team of directors that is not normally doing action movies, so maybe they didn't get a good fight choreographer to go with them. Kind they of actually have not done much at all. They're both relatively uh, new to film. Like honestly, I like when I was looking at their IMDb page, I'm kind of shocked that Marvel even Disney slash Marvel even kind of gave them a chance with this. Well, they did that that half Nelson movie, which apparently everybody loved. Yeah, but that that was like what ten years ago. I, I don't know, dude. Don't don't give that. that was two thousand six. Half Nelson was like two thousand six, two thousand five. So that's over ten years ago. It's true, but they, I'm, not, I'm just saying, like there there is not a single fight sequence in this movie that is that is good. Like they're they're just very bland, generic fight sequences. I I, and, I, I agree. And the the flight stuff, like I, like she's like supposed to be this badass fighter pilot, you know. They they she lifts up a box of the right stuff in the in the blockbuster when she falls into it, you know. They got Goose the cat in it, you know, which is throwing back to Top Gun. And like we don't even really see her fly a jet. Even the scene where she's flying the jet with Annette Benning, we don't see anything. We just see her in space, and it's like in the cockpit. And then she's like, "Here comes some G's," and then we see a, a little like you know flip, and then that's it. And it's like, what in the? Where the hell did the budget for this movie go? Because it, there is nothing to justify. Uh, like, there is no good action sequence in this entire movie. The budget for this movie went into de aging Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I mean, that is a whole movie of a thirty year younger version of Samuel Jackson, and then also um, Clark Gregg. Uh, and Annette Benning, and then also all the stuff that has to do with uh, Carol when she gets her when she uses her powers. Uh, anything Goose's you know does. I mean, there's parts when the the cat is just the the goose thing though. The tentacles just look so bad, and it's so it's so cheesy. And then like when it cuts back to. To Samuel Jackson, he's like, I trust that you're not going to eat me. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, well, but, you know, there was the eye reference, you know, because it was a person he trusted one time that took his eye. I'm yeah. like, it's so bad. It's it's like, a, it reminds me, I have the same problem. And I, and I blame Guardians of the Galaxy for this because I really think this is where this happened. Is that, like, they, uh, oh, what's Batista's character in that? Drax. Um, Drex the Destroyer, right? Like, his character has this ridiculous humor that works for that character. And I feel like somebody at Marvel saw that and was like, this is what all of these movies have to be now. <laughs> and, like, Guardians 2 is just so ridiculously over the top. Thor Ragnarok is so ridiculously over the top. This movie, like, every other line is some, like, quibby-witty, like, one-liner that that sucks. It doesn't even land. Like, it's, it's so bad. Like, I... And it drives me insane because i really wanted this movie to be great like and i'm still blown away because i'm i'm like i look at the cast and i'm like how how did this happen like how how did I, this get this, so bad this goes back to the argument that we had on twitter then uh, about mashallah ali playing blade uh i think this is what happens when you get uh high caliber actors into a movie that they feel is beneath them that you get you get performances where they don't really are trying because they're like, ah, I don't really need to do this. This is I'm just here collecting my mega paycheck and 
uh, people were just gonna love it because it, because it's already. So you a comic think movie. Brie Larson just strolled up and like was like, "Give me that Marvel check." I I I honestly think that she was like, "All right, I'll do this movie so that I can go and do the other serious movies that I want to do. Like this will pay for the next set of things that I want to really do. Like I don't think." She's really coming in and giving her all. Are you going to argue argue that she's not she's giving her all in this? Oh, no. I 100% agree with you because I think she's a, a phenomenal like I said, I think she's I, a phenomenal I, actor. So do I. And this is this performance is and I don't know if it's all her. I think a lot of it is the writing. Like the the writing is also not great. Like and again, like it kind of also is a similar problem that I have with Superman as a character is that there is like Superman as a character is infinitely more exciting in the comic books and in a lot of the animated series where you have this, uh, like, a plethora of time to really dive into the nuances of the character. The fact of when you get into these movies and you're just like, well, the character's invulnerable, there's, and there's no vulnerability, there's no weakness, there's no real set of stakes or tension or drama, and that's that's the same problem with this movie. Like, there's arguably not really even a character arc for uh, Carol. Like, and then when they do the whole standing montage, I'm like, you're not, you're not even showcasing that her character has learned something. Her character has been doing the same thing from the very beginning. She's refused to give up, which is a good quality trait to have. But like, that's not a character change. That's not the character awakening and realizing something in themselves that they finally have the power to do. It's like, she's been doing that the whole time. No, she, like, and, and she's, she's coming to the realization that she doesn't need to prove herself to anybody else. Because in the beginning of the movie, she's trying to prove herself to Jude Law's character. In that instance, yes, but like the montage that they have where she keeps getting back up, she's always had that strength and that inner uh, perseverance to know that she's going to get back up, that she has to get back up. So when she's fighting her own mind uh, and the, the representation in her brain of the right. supreme intelligence, right. she has that montage and like that should be a huge awakening moment. And it would have been if you would have showed that those other times that she maybe hesitated to get up or maybe she didn't get up. And then it would have been so much better when she finally did realize, Hey, I can be me. I can run wild with, you know, myself and I cannot be controlled and that's okay. But that doesn't land. Like you've only showcased that this character has been doing the same thing since they were a child. Like there is no huge uh, revelation for this character that happens in the movie. What? And that's a kind of problem i had with black panther it's the same thing there's not a strong enough moment to justify that 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 huge awakening that should be happening the birth of a hero that's what you're there to see this movie that's what she's talking about through this whole movie and i feel like you get robbed of that no i i i, I disagree with you on black panther now because black panther is you already got the birth of the hero for Black Panther in Civil War. This is him having to realize that his father lies to him, that everything he... Because the beginning of the movie is him being praising his father and being like, you know, my father's so great. The, that, the, the turn or the curve on that movie is, oh, look, my father's flawed. I, I you know, that my past is flawed. It's not, it's not true. Things that I believe are not true. I need to be better. That's where, that's where the arc on that is. Yeah, even then, I, I'm like, I'm not saying that that I don't see that, but that's I just I don't think that's a strong enough arc, and I don't think they did a good enough job delivering it. And I feel like that's the exact same thing that happened in Captain Marvel. Look. It's the same thing. Like they're treating these films 
as stepping stones to larger movies instead of making them have their own identity and standalone as a movie. You still have to do that. That's what made like the first couple of phases of Marvel films so great was they were having these Easter eggs. They were standing on their own. They were being their own complete identity of films and we're not getting that anymore. I will give you that for this movie, that this movie has many parts where it feels like it's just the next thing to get us to the next movie. But I don't know about Black Panther. Like I don't I don't feel like that one was just get us to Infinity War. Like there it has its own story. It and that has no real effect to Infinity War. I gotta disagree with you, but that's that's uh, that's we'll 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 go we'll come back to we're talking Captain Marvel, so I don't want to get too sidetracked on Black Panther. But I but but I don't I don't know. It it, it drives me a little bit. Like it makes me a little upset because it's like this was supposed like, like they were running around touting as like oh it's the first Marvel movie with a female led superhero, and it's like yes, awesome. We should have had this a long time ago with uh, with Black Widow, mm-hmm. and it's like I feel like it finally gets here, and it's like well actually we really don't care. We're gonna just it, we're just gonna shovel something out there and it's literally just to get us to end game and it's like i feel like that's such bs i feel like that's a ripoff like this movie more than just about any other marvel movie should have had its own story it should have had its own identity and it should have been it should have been handled so much better than it was in my opinion yeah i think one of the biggest problems of it is that and maybe you could even say Doctor Strange fault or had the same uh, fault is that this late in the game for MCU we shouldn't be having origin stories like not so much as what we saw here like you can like I, I know that they tried to explain that this isn't a Captain Marvel origin story because she already has her powers by the time by the time the movie starts and it's like it still is though no it it, it very much is it and, absolutely is yeah. and that's the part that that really hurts this movie I I feel like or that's one of the parts that really hurts this movie. Uh, cause we don't really want, and, th- and that's, it's, it's the MCU's own fault. It's kind of the, the weight of this whole franchise at this point falling in on itself. It's like, we don't want an origin story. We need, uh, the big piece. We need the big action story at this point, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then I think that you, you, um, you struck, struck the chord or whatever you want to say earlier when, uh, you're talking about Superman because yeah. Now we have this super powered character that is I mean the things that she does at the end of the movie are going to be are, are so fucking over the top that I mean obviously we're trying to build it up so that she has we know that she has the power to defeat Thanos which is the big thing for the next movie but what's going to happen after that once she defeats Thanos and I I'm pretty sure they're going to make it so that she doesn't defeat Thanos when she goes up against him because then you're gonna have, because then you'll have to be like, well, what happens after this movie? Because you know, you know, there's gonna be something after, right? So help me God, if Thanos punches her and she falls over and then she looks up at him and stands up, I'm just gonna be like, get the f out of here with this! Like, give us, <laughs> just give us something else. With I'm this pretty, character, I'm pretty sure that's gonna be in the first. 20 minutes of the movie so since right. the movie is going to be three hours more after that you're going to be in for it sir <laughs> oh man i don't know maybe it's just me maybe i'm just like so comic book fatigued uh, in terms of films at this point but I, i'm sure I just, you are I, I don't know what's that i said i'm sure i'm sure you are 
Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, I fully admitted that I was the biggest problem um, with myself, with, like that I was the biggest road barrier that I had enjoying in, uh, Infinity War. But that is just, that was not the case with this movie. Like, I really went in like hoping that it was going to be something great. I, I, the cast, I, I, I was totally behind the cast of just the, like the entirety of the movie, and it's, it, it's, it, I don't know, it's just not a good movie. Like, and and it's so. Unfortunately, because even the whole thing of like, oh, well, we're going to pass it off as this mega action movie. There's no good action sequences. The I, writing is atrocious. The acting is like people are phoning it in. And it, there's just there's no characterization. There's no self-identity in this film. And it, it literally just feels like it's this Marvel movie that's like, well, we're going to bank on 90s nostalgia and hope for the best. And it's like it's like you said it's too late in the game to be doing that like you you've raised the bar so many times now and and you're 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 touting this as this big triumphant thing for marvel to finally have a, a female lead thing and then you 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 don't even do that movie justice you you I, and if you want to get to in game whatever like throw some stuff in there t- you know that's fine but like this movie has to be its own movie and, and that's the case with all these movies these movies should be their own thing they should be able to stand on their own 150% and everything else should just be that little bit of extra sprinkles on top of the Sunday that you're getting <laughs> like those those little nuggets that are like oh my god that was like a thing for Endgame or whatever and it's like it, it just doesn't they're not doing that it doesn't feel like they're doing that anymore and I really think that's why a lot of these uh, standalone films are falling flat for me. It's like, I want a story that's going to stand on its own above everything else. I don't just want the stepping stone and everything else to, about this character to take a back seat because we've got to get her... To, we've got to show this ultimate effing power mm-hmm. just so people know that she can fight Thanos. Okay, we get that. <sighs> Obviously, that's why Nick Fury paged her. It wasn't like he was like, well, let me see if she's okay. No, he's like, we need a badass. Like, let's get someone in here. And then we get this movie and it's like, is she a badass? Because nothing really happened. Like, and even the fight scenes, like, oh, we're just going to, you know, basically throw some stuff around, do some Jason Bourne shaky cam, and that's what you get. Like, there's there's literally almost zero fighting in the fight sequences. I mean, the part where she her hands are, are bound by those uh, metal cuffs and she's fighting the scrolls, I thought that was a pretty good fight scene, but that's just me. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I was expecting so much more, and I, I just, I feel, uh, I just feel like it was a huge mediocre letdown. Okay, like, so I, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I get it. So let me ask you one thing, because this is one part that I thought was a shining, uh, uh, part of the movie. Um, ben Mendelsohn. I thought him as Talos, um, the the main scroll. Yeah, I thought he was amazing. Like. That was probably the part, uh, the part of the movie that I thought was the best. Uh, I, I, but then again, I kind of went in not thinking I was going to enjoy Ben Mendelsohn in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was super excited, like the way that, like when he's doing his scroll voice, like it, it's like kind of like a Cockney English accent kind of thing. I don't know what it was, but I thought it was, I thought it was funny. It was amazing. You got the twist of. Of the scrolls in this one are not bad guys. They're, I mean, it's definitely very politically charged of being refugees, and they're just trying to look for a home. And the Kree are, are trying to wipe them out of out of existence as a race and kind of thing. And 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 reading comic books myself, I mm-hmm. know that 
the Cree are not necessarily the the good people. Um, right. We even see that in Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, uh, Ronan, the accuser. Yeah, he yeah. he's uh you know he's obviously not a good guy and he's a Cree, but uh the the scrolls are not good guys either. They're also bad guys. And we had this right. the Cree scroll war scroll war in the Marvel comics back in the past. You know, they literally are just using Earth as a battleground. It's not not so much that one side or the other. Marvel is the only good Cree that we really have and we see that, you know, Marvel has been is defects from the Cree empire in this movie too. Um, yeah, the, so the twist in this movie of the, the scrolls not being the bad guys, it was, was kind of interesting. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I know we were trying to get away from black Panther, but this is like almost word for word. The exact same thing I, I said about black Panther is the other people in the movie are infinitely better and more interesting than the black Panther. And it's 100% the same thing that you just said with Ben Mendelsohn in this movie. He is the only character that most people are going to care about because he's the only character that actually has something to lose and has a vulnerability. It, and, and it's such a remarkable one too, because you're kind of thinking, thinking that this guy is this huge mega jerk that's out trying to kill everyone, take over the world, all this stuff. And then when the big reveal is that he's a refugee that's just trying to get back to his family, his his wife and his daughter, you're like, holy, and like to save his people and to find a home over his people, you're like, that is a cause that you can get behind. You're like, damn, that's super powerful. And it it it's, again, it's so bad because they let uh, Carol Davern's character fall so flat on its face that... It's so overpowering that this other story is infinitely better in such a short amount of time. Like you get maybe, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 minutes out of the movie is actually, you know, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, Keller, Talos, uh, like storyline. But it's infinitely more powerful and more interesting than all of the storyline involving uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> and it's it's so sad and disappointing. It's, it's like that should not be happening. Okay. In my opinion. No. In my opinion. Yeah, Obviously, I'm heated about it. But <laughs> you are. You went, you went very from, passionate. You went from this movie was mediocre to you're like, I just think this movie is terrible. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't I don't want to say that it's terrible, but I do feel like it's remarkably forgettable. Like, I think it's one of those things where, like, if you wait a few months down the road, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, well, what was your favorite fight scene in Captain Marvel? And people are like, "Ooh, um, I don't, uh, I don't know." Well, what was your, what was your favorite action sequence then? Um, I, I mean, I guess the one where you know it was they were on the train and she hit the old lady. I, I, I guess maybe that was like it's just gonna be one of those things where like it's it, it people are not going to have a, a great moment from this film to truly talk about because it's just not there. Okay. And it's really sad. That, that's fine. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about or bring bring up was, uh, so we get the reveal of basically how she got her powers and why it is that she's going to be a foe for uh, Thanos is because essentially she has the power of one of the uh, Infinity Stones in her. She is the representation of it. Um, it's the Tesseract, so I believe that's the Space Stone. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So I'll as a, with yes. as opposed to like um, Doctor Strange who uses the Time Stone in the Eye of Agamotto, she is the physical embodiment of the power of the Space Stone. 
So mm-hmm. that's going to be the reason why that she's, you know, going to be strong enough to defeat Thanos or at least put a hurt on him. I, I assume they're not going to just have her by herself defeat Thanos. It's going to be a whole team thing. Um, I don't know. I hope at this point it is just her because maybe that would be maybe then we would get an actual fight scene that was worth something. If it's literally two hours of her and Thanos just like Mad Max Fury roading each other and just beating the tar out of each other. Maybe actually, maybe then I'll be cool with it. That's what I think it should be. It should be uh, her and the rest of the Avengers go to whatever planet it is that Thanos on. And then from there, she's just. The two of them just start duking it out, and then the rest of the team starts to go go on an, another mission to do something else. So then every once in a while, they'll check back in with the two of them who were just fighting <laughs> constantly as they, uh, you know, it, it, it's always just in the background. It's like one of those programs or like a song on YouTube that you just have playing in the background as you scroll and <laughs> research other stuff on other pages. I, I hope that I hope that's what it is. I really do. Like I hope that she single handedly just beats the piss out of out of Thanos and just totally invalidates everything else. Maybe then I'll feel justified at how how much they could have done with this movie and just just I don't know just didn't happen. I don't know. So one of the things I had a huge problem with is at the end of Infinity War, you have mm-hmm. you have um, Fury pulling out the pager, which we find out, you know, he she modified in this movie so that right. he could reach her anywhere in the galaxy. Because right. that's where she's gone. She's off. She's gone off to help the scrolls, or at least this faction of the scrolls, find mm-hmm. a new homeworld because the scroll homeworld homeworld has been destroyed. Yep. Now they've they've made it a point to point out that, hey, there are other factions of the scrolls that are not as friendly as these guys. So that leaves it open for down the road to have you know enemy scrolls um right but he pulls out the 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 pager and pages her now for me the thing was at the end of infinity war thanos snaps and half the the universe's population dies uh, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, it's completely, it's supposed to be completely random. It could be, you have a 50, 50 chance of, of dying. Now to me, I wanted to be like, okay, so what happens in Captain Marvel that makes it so that there is no possibility that she is in the 50% that, that dies, right? Like we know, yeah. we know what it is for, for Scott, Scott Lang. Now that, uh, we've watched Ant-Man and the Wasp is because he was in the quantum verse at the time of, uh, the, the snap. The snap. So, yeah. um, he is literally outside of the universe. He can't, he, he's not subject to it. Maybe she's in another universe too, but she shouldn't hear the, the pager, right? Cause she said only in within the universe. Well. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how they play because I mean, if she's technically in a different dimension, um I mean, is she going to be taking and, the scrolls to another dimension to find a home? That seems I mean, who really knows? out of the Apparently way. She can do anything, right? <laughs> like I I mean, I don't even know what her powers are. Like it, it just well, she doesn't either at this point. Yeah, exactly. At this point, it's it's ultimate badass. And and so, I mean, if she had the, I, I guess the other way that you could maybe argue it is kind of like what you just said is that you know maybe because she is the physical embodiment of the space uh, infinity stone, 
maybe there is some sort of protection there because again this is another problem i had was you you have dr strange who has the time stone and he's sitting there running through all of these possible scenarios and then there's like apparently out of the billions of scenarios that are possible there's only one in which it's okay for him to let you know tony stark or whatever it was have the time stone to like let all this shit happen and i'm like all right that's a I don't. Statistically speaking, that, just, that there's no way that there's one single thing that you saw in all of those things that could possibly have happened in that moment for you to be like, you know what? Yes, I'm gonna risk it. I'm gonna roll the dice and I'm gonna I'm gonna just play Yahtzee with this and we're gonna see what happens. Like there, and I'm I'm curious how they're gonna justify that because it's the same thing exactly what you're saying here. Like, how are they going to spin this and justify that she? was not a, because that's the other thing too is like you're banking so heavily on this person yeah to show up and save the day and it's like but there's a chance that they're dead too yeah no that's exactly a very good it. chance yeah that's that's the part that i had a problem with is there's a good chance there is a 50 50 chance that she also died um obviously as you see her return to the avengers at the end or the mid credit scene for this movie uh as the they are sitting there having the pager go off and off and off again, she has not aged a day. So uh, the, the space stone is somehow making it so that she's not aging or for some reason, maybe it calls out through time and she's jumping forward. And I don't know. We will hopefully they explain it in, 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 in game. Um, yeah, I mean, because especially if you go by, uh, like, interstellar time, like, she should have been, like, a billion years old by the time <laughs> she came back. Because if she was that far away that she ducked the snap, like, whew. No, man. I think you got it You got it backwards. Because you remember, Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar doesn't grow older, where, whereas his daughter did. So he was No, the I one. know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, everyone else, like, because she shows up and she's talking to, like, Black Widow. Like, Black Widow's the one that sees her first, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. She should have been like a billion years old if she was like that. Like, how far is it? Like, how long does it take that pager to travel through space? <laughs> I don't know. That that's, that's also true. It's it's a. Uh, we'll find out. Hopefully, in in game. Um, I don't know. That's the stuff that 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 like. I was really thinking that maybe this film was going to excite me for Endgame because I was uh, obviously I think I've said it on this podcast uh, this specific episode of the podcast I, I know I've said it on our show I was not the biggest fan of Infinity War so I was hoping that this was going to give me some levity into of being excited for Endgame but after watching this I'm just even more nervous that Endgame is going to not be good like, the, like there's so many things that it's like there, there's just going to I don't know it just feels like there's going to be way too many contrivances like Look. It just so happened to work out that, you know, she didn't die in the snap and that all of these perfect moments aligned, you know, for Thanos to be defeated. Like, I, I don't know. I, I They're going to have a hard time selling me on it. Like, it's going to be rough. Well, you're 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 definitely speaking like blasphemy now. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth in game. <laughs> in, in, I'm not bad Infinity War. It. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I haven't seen it yet. I'm just simply saying I'm very nervous for what they're going to do if these are the things that they have been doing up until this point. Like, uh, it makes me very nervous. It doesn't it doesn't make my stomach feel good. It uh, okay. makes me feel bad. What what is <laughs> what? So what's one good thing you're taking away from uh, Captain Marvel? That's not Ben Mendelsohn. I have to say one thing. One thing that I really enjoyed about this movie 
is that there's no love interest, no romantic part to the story. Like maybe if there was one, other people would have enjoyed it more, but I really love the fact that there's no wait, I need to stop what I'm doing because uh, you know, I I have feelings for this guy or this girl. Oh yeah, no. I I am I am ecstatic that that is not in there that was always one of my biggest complaints about top gun too is the love story in that movie is absolutely useless the love story is him and the flying and like that's kind of what we get here uh which yes i do agree with you thank gosh we didn't have to worry about her being like oh no like you know what i mean like that would have yeah i don't know i'm glad they tried to focus on her a little bit more um i don't know there was still just a lot of of weirdness going on because they're really just trying to set up all this story for for endgame but uh yeah i think that's a big one the the ben mendelson like character and the, the story that he has is uh is pretty great um i i hope that they can do more with her and that it ends up being good like i i was actually really wanting this to be great and i i just think they let me down so bad and maybe that's my own fault maybe i overhyped it maybe i should have expected nothing and then i would have maybe liked it but i i just think that uh you know i don't know i just think they really did not i don't know i just don't think it landed i i really don't think it it did and you know i well okay so then this takes me to my next question since this is the first female-led marvel cinematic movie uh, it's Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. How does it compare to Wonder Woman? For you, uh, I don't know. That's really tough too because I I was not the biggest fan of Wonder Woman either. Like I think it's good, but I also I think Wonder Woman suffers from being in a universe of shitty movies. <laughs> like. I think Wonder Woman is is definitely the best DC movie they've done, and I think Aquaman certainly took this specific uh, formula that Marvel has been using with Guardians 2, Thor Ragnarok, and now uh, Captain Marvel, uh, you know, which is to just be ridiculously stupid humor all the time, you know, and... uh, I, I don't know. It's really difficult for me. I I, I, th- I really do think Wonder Woman would have been a better movie if it also wasn't constrained by the other films that were in the DC universe. And I feel like that's a very similar problem that Captain Marvel has is because it's literally just being utilized as a stepping stone to getting uh, getting us to Endgame. It's not its own thing. It's not a really good captain marvel movie in my opinion and i i totally believe that that is also the same problem maybe not to the same magnitude or the same proportions but that is the same problem that wonder woman was facing and i also think it's really kind of interesting that they were like oh we're doing wonder woman 1984 and so then marvel was like oh shit uh quick go to the 90s we can't do uh they got the 80s on lockdown let's lateral and go to the 90s and well i i I did have a theory i'm sure that's not what happened i'm just saying (laughs) i have a theory about that too is that um so for the 80s you know the people that would be nostalgic for the 80s are obviously going to be older than the people that are nostalgic for the 90s sure so that's why they did that marvel is catering to a younger crowd than dc would be catering to uh and that's the only reason why i figured those that those two things happened Mm -hmm. but maybe that's just that's just a, a weird theory of mine 
No, I, I I don't think you're necessarily wrong in that. I mean, DC up until Aquaman was certainly taking a an approach of making a darker mature, film. And I, yeah. I often I oftentimes think that that is why they did not do a Black Widow standalone film was because the the tonality of it would have had to have been so much darker than what Marvel was willing to do, and I think still is willing to do. Well, they're doing one um, now. With what? Black Widow. They're doing a Black Widow uh, standalone. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying at the time. Oh, yeah. Like they d- and and you know that's what I'm saying. I think now they've gotten far enough along that they're like, well, maybe we can't. But I mean, again, if they if they approach doing a Black Widow standalone the same way they did this one, uh, I don't think it's going to be good. I really think you need to take the time to develop these and let these breathe on their own and be their own thing, and then you know, spice in those little extra Easter eggs and things. Like, I really do feel like that's why the first couple of phases of Marvel were so much stronger than what we're getting now. So I also have to say that uh, Wonder Woman was not my favorite, not my cup of tea. Uh, it was enjoyable for uh, for the most part, but I didn't like it overall, like, as much as everybody else did. Um, do you recall what it was that you didn't like about it? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, what was it that... that maybe it didn't land for you or stick with you or speak to you or whatever. Um, really, I felt like the, the villain was super weak. I felt, um, none of the, nothing, nothing really, uh, stood out to me as being, uh, earth shattering for a character. That's as strong as wonder woman is like, it just, nothing really felt like there was an obstacle for her, which, you know, obviously happens in this one, or at least at the end of this movie. That's um, what I was just about to ask. I was like, what was the ups? What's the difference between that and Captain Marvel? Well, see, like, in, I think in Captain Marvel, the, the idea that she has to, you know, believe in herself is more, is the biggest obstacle that you have. Whereas Wonder Woman, she just has to come to the realization that she's a weapon, like that she's, you know, the thing that she's been trying to, to fight against the whole time. It, it's and it's and that's a stretch. Like, Ooh, yeah, the, the the parallels now are are almost identical, like what you're describing. Because I I, I disagree. I, I like I don't think she's overcoming self doubt. And if that was their intention, it is horribly executed. Yeah. Because showing someone like get belittled and knocked down and just standing up is and and moving forward and continually refusing to give up or or be uh, second rate to anyone is is not a very good representation of showing someone having self doubt. Okay. Cause if I get in a ring and Mike Tyson hits me, I'm not a professional fighter. I'm going, you know what? Just stay down. We're not getting back up. And like, but if I, I do I, get back up and I, you show me consistently getting back up, people are going to be like, wow, this guy's got heart. Even if I'm doing it from a place of just being completely brain dead and no longer actually functioning, people on the outside at least are going to be like, this dude refuses to give up. He has heart. He is a fighter. There is nothing in this movie that, sh- that shows that she has self-doubt. Other than maybe, other than maybe Jude Law being like, stop doubting yourself. I mean, it's pretty blatant right there. But that's that's a hor- that's horrible filmmaking. That's bad I'm not, storytelling. I'm not saying that it is, it's good. I'm just saying that's what it is. Anyways, uh, I just wasn't the biggest fan of, of the Wonder Woman movie. And I thought this one was better. It's It's not much better, but it is better. So. What was your favorite fight scene in in uh, uh, Wonder Woman? 
What's your favorite sequence in Wonder Woman? Uh, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing this like, is gonna be Captain Marvel seven months to a year from now. And, no, I could tell you stuff about Captain Marvel. Like, I can tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like the the No Man's Land scene in a Wonder Woman. Like, that's the one of the scenes that people like just tout like so much thinking that it's it's amazing and i'm like it's so cliche to me like it's she's it's it's no man's land get it you can't go in there oh but i'm not a man like kind of thing it's like that's 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 bad writing i i don't care what anybody says now there's just as much of that type of thing in captain marvel do you know why they call it a cockpit okay but they're making fun of that person I no, I'm not disagreeing that, but like it's the same thing. Like it's 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 the same contextual type of thing. You're gonna sit here and 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 argue the merits of DC over Marvel to me? No, you're trying to is, is that what we've become? I'm Marvel and you're DC. No, I'm not rooting for DC. I mean, I of course, of course, I want DC to make great movies. I want Marvel to make great movies. That's all I'm asking for is great yes, movies. Exactly. And, and like I, I'm right you know, there with that's, you. Yeah, that's part of the the problem is I feel like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel both did not get truly, truly great movies because of the hindrance of the other films that have been placed inside of those universes. And I think it's drastically hurting these movies when they don't allow them to step out on their own and really be their own thing and shine. I think it's a problem. Okay, fair enough. Uh, All right. I think uh, we've talked about this movie. As much as we need to talk about this movie, uh, we have a lively podcast in the last (laughs) year and a half. I want to say it's like, well, maybe not that bad, but no, I mean, we usually don't. We usually don't get into this much of a discussion about the movies. It's kind of more of a, yeah, I like that too kind of thing. So I'm, 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 I'm all for this. I thought this was great. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think we'll be back here in, in 40 ish days to talk about in game and how much i enjoyed it and you didn't so <laughs> we'll, we'll see that. what would be a real m night twist would be like if you're like i hated in game and i'm like my god this is the best thing ever like <laughs> wow that would be the best uh m night twist right there um i guess it just depends on if they go mad max or not because you weren't a fan of oh, mad max so that, if it's like mad true. max avengers road then uh, you're not gonna have a good time no i'm not 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 at all so yeah we'll see we'll see about that uh, oh I did want to say one thing in yes. just with a prediction because of uh, the little bit of news that we had yesterday. Um, the 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 Fox merger into Disney deal is completely finalized. Do you think yep. there is going to be any type of Fantastic Four or X Men Easter eggs cameo in Endgame at all? Um, if they do. I hope that it is a Easter egg for a new X-Men or a new Fantastic Four. I hope to God that they do not bring the pre-existing Fantastic Four or X-Men franchise into the MCU as it currently exists because it is a cluster. It is a horrible, horrible cluster of just bad things. So like just they just need to swipe that slate clean. And just completely start fresh. I re- oh my gosh! If they, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's gonna be so bad if they bring that the, into the existing yeah, MCU. The only thing, like I think there was a recent report that's saying that what they're hearing is that of the X Men, the only one that's not gonna be rebooted is Deadpool. So 
you'll still get Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool in the MCU. Well, I, I mean, I think that kind of makes sense because he really hasn't had any connective tissue really to those other ones other than potentially kind of poking fun of Wolverine here or there. And but again, the rest that of the X-Men. could be anyone. It doesn't necessarily have to be. You know what I mean? Like, there's still a lot of, of things that you can do with that. And then, I don't know, it, that whole timeline is just so convoluted now, though. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I, Not I, just Deadpool, but the X-Men one and everything. And it's like, if you try to bring that into this like you're literally just it, i don't know it's gonna feel like you're just destroying everything you've been building and working on to like put all these little things together for the past 10 plus years now like i, I don't know i really i just hope they don't do it I, I i really hope they just start that whole thing fresh but even then you're at a point where you've already created so much stuff that you're gonna really have to pay attention and be extremely careful with what you're doing to the timeline and the continuity and you know i don't know it's going to be it's going to be interesting and it's going to be really tough to see uh, maybe tough's not the right word it's going to be really fascinating to see what they're going to try to do with it i just hope that either they already shot it or since they still they might have some time just for like a little easter egg is that there's some type of fantastic four easter egg like that's that's really thing the only one x-men will eventually show up in the mcu i know that i just want there to be uh some fantastic four like i I really feel like that's the big thing i do think that if they do reboot fantastic four they should not do it as a movie i really think that since disney's rolling out their own streaming service they're gonna have star wars shows on there I think the Fantastic Four is a franchise that needs to be done in long format storytelling. It it so far has not worked in a film format. And again, I think it's just because of the way that those characters are and the way that the stories uh, are meant to be told. I don't think it lends itself well to uh, short formatted storytelling that you get out of a film. Oh, I agree. I agree that Fantastic Four needs to be a TV series. I just think that, well, I mean, at what they are already preparing for the Disney Plus streaming app or streaming platform for the MCU is going to be heavily tied into the movies themselves. So I think if you still get the Easter egg cameo in this movie, in Endgame of Fantastic Four, you can still get a TV show. Like it's, it's Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I hope that they do that. I hope they, they do the Easter egg, setting it up, and then they do the show to uh, to go forward with it. I think that'd be great. Okay, if uh, anybody else has an opinion on Captain Marvel that you'd like to tell us, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Uh, Richard's also on Twitter as? At Ray Cohen, R-I-C-O-W-N. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekleetmedia.com. Also, Richard has his own Twitch channel that he's off and on, if you want to give that out. Uh, yeah, it's just twitch.tv slash Rycohen and the number one, so slash R-I-C-O-W-N and the number one. And uh, what are you playing right now? I'm playing through Hollow Knight right now. It's a little 2D know what that is. Uh, side-scrolling platformer. Super oh, fun. okay. Uh, also, you know what? To give a little bit of shout-out to uh, Richard's former other podcast i don't know if he still does it or not but they are doing an interesting thing right now of uh march movie madness bracket and they are doing specifically comic book movies you should go check them out check out entertain or at entertain cast on twitter 
or their website, weareentertained.com. But until next time. I appear on it from time to time. Uh, you still appear on it on time to time. There you go. Yeah. I just, I'm just super busy, unfortunately. So as, able to as you've been saying. Um, yeah. But until next time, this is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. Hey, this is John from Geek Elite Media, and this podcast is being brought to you by Cuts by Candace. Candace Gist is a hairstylist that will work with you to get the right look. She uses her 18 years of experience to understand my needs and is the only one that comes near my hair. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of March 2019, and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candace on Facebook and Cuts by Candace 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.